This is the Heal from Trauma-Bonded Relationships with me, Dr. Sarah, empowering you to heal from painful relationships to rediscover your self-worth and confidence because you are ready to be the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome. Today I'm going to be talking about the issue of the vulnerable narcissist. Now, before people get into keyboard warrior mode, because whenever I mention this idea, the fact that narcissist individuals have vulnerabilities, are often met with a lot of resistance. But I really want to break it down and I just really want you to suspend any judgments or any preconceptions that you may have around this until we get to the end because I promise you it will make a lot of sense when I refer to the vulnerable narcissist. When we're talking about narcissistic personality traits, more often than not people refer to what we commonly see as narcissism and so that is somebody who is really grandiose, who can be really arrogant, who puts other people down and they can seem really aggressive in their mannerisms. And so just to start off, there are really five forms or five types of narcissism. The first one being overt narcissism. And so this is when somebody is very openly arrogant. They believe that they're right 90, 95, 100% of the time. They always correct other people and they have this tone that they are more superior in whatever shape or form. And a subtype of the overt narcissist is the antagonistic narcissistic individual. And so the antagonist is really somebody who loves to get into arguments. They argue till the very end and they really remain in a state of enabling your frustration and really forcing you to become more and more frustrated by continuously getting embroiled in this argument actually it no longer makes sense and so you become really uh, burnt out in this moment but the issue with the antagonistic narcissist is that they also have a hint of machiavellianism in and so ultimately what this means is that they work really hard to maintain control over the situation and over the relationship and so how that might appear is that they are very good at manipulating people they are very good at understanding your position. They withhold themselves fully so that they protect themselves and they don't show any vulnerability or any give you any form that you can use as ammunition towards them. And so they become very good at manipulating. And then you've got a third type, which is the communal narcissist. Now, the communal narcissist is somebody who likes to take the higher ground, and so they might present themselves as being really moral, that they are very ethical, that they are fighting for the greater good, whatever context that is. And so when they are really punitive, when they're really critical, when they're judgmental, when they're harsh, when they're forceful, they're aggressive, all of these behaviors, they're doing it and they're justifying themselves with I am doing this because this is the best thing to be done. This is the thing that is necessary for good to prevail. And so they take the moral high ground, even though the execution really is moral. And then you've got a couple of other types. You've got covert narcissist, where they are narcissistic behind closed doors. And so most people, even their friends and family, may not necessarily see them or their narcissistic traits. 
However, when it comes to intimate relationships, their partner really sees the narcissism that comes across. And so they always knock down their partner. They make really punitive comments. They can be really harsh. But again, this happens really secretely. And so it actually is one of the instigators of gaslighting and manipulation because when the covert narcissist puts their partner down, they do it in such subtle ways that when their partner tries to confront them with it and says, hey, that comment really hurt me, it, it becomes really confusing. And they're, they're like, what is it that I said exactly that hurt you? And you can't really pinpoint the exact wording because the wording objectively if it was written down it seems okay you can pinpoint the tonality but they do it in such subtle ways that it can be really hard to detect and so you then genuinely feel gaslit but you also genuinely don't know truth is because like i said objectively it might appear okay they're doing it in such subtle ways that it's very hard to detect and then the final form of narcissism is malignant. So this one is also covert type of narcissist, but with the additional factor that they love to watch other people suffering. And so there's really a sense of uh, psychopathy. There's really a sense of sociopathy as well within that. Now, just needed to get that out of the way before I start talking about the vulnerable narcissist. Because like I said, whenever people hear me say the term vulnerable narcissist, they jump to immediately correct me as if it is ever possible to be a vulnerable narcissist. And really, like I mentioned before, I really want you to suspend any judgment or any preconceptions up until the end, just so that this makes sense. Now, individuals who develop narcissistic traits, by the way, narcissism is on spectrum and I would argue that actually every single person walking this planet may tap into, even if it's a fraction of one of the traits at one point or another in their lifetime, but more often than not, most people, do, they never meet criteria. So I'm talking about people who, who potentially are more on the extended version of the spectrum of narcissism. People who develop narcissistic personality traits tend to be people who have experienced a lot of traumas in their childhood, a lot of traumas in their upbringing. I'm saying this and I'm not using this at all as a justification for hurtful behavior. I'm not saying, I'm not condoning the abuse that occurs within narcissism, but I just, I'm simply pointing out the facts in that a lot of people with narcissistic personality traits have experienced trauma either big T trauma or a multitude of little t traumas. And they are also likely to be experienced very neglectful parents or very neglectful caregivers. And so what that might look like is that more often than not, their parents were really absent. So they might have grown up in a household where there were two parents or maybe just one parent and the other person was completely unavailable. The chances are they grew up with somebody who was unavailable both emotionally and physically. And so when they did have contact with their parent or their caregiver, that contact would have felt very critical, very punitive, and very abusive. And typically, what they would have experienced as a child growing up is that you either have total absence, and so absolute absence of care motion of affection of attention 
or you go to the other extreme end and if you do have presence, the presence is laced with abuse, it is laced with attack, it is laced with punishment. And so there's rarely a moment that feels compassionate. There's rarely a moment where they experience genuine love, where they feel care or where they feel attended to. They either get absolute absence or they get harsh punishment. And so as a child growing up in that sort of environment, it becomes really, really difficult. And if we were to really strip it back as human beings, we are designed to try and survive whatever it takes, whatever the environment presents us with. Our main aim, the brain, the nervous system, subconscious mind, the primary goal for all of that is to survive. And so if you've grown up in a household where you're either met with absence or you're met with punishment, what do you do? It becomes really confusing to figure out what relationships should look like, what a healthy relationship should look like, because you've never experienced that before. You've never presented with that before. And the way that you would figure out how to survive is that you either maintain distance from other people because other people don't like you enough or don't appreciate you, don't value enough to be close to you. So let's say your parents, the person that you would have expected that would have loved you unconditionally or the person who you would have hoped to have cared for you or to pay attention to you regardless, that person doesn't do that. And so you then subconsciously believe, I might not be good enough, I can't be good enough to have love if I can't even get attention, if I can't get care, if I'm not important enough for my caregiver, the person who I expect the most in the world to pay attention to me. Therefore, how could I possibly have a relationship where somebody does and it means something or it's real? That's on one hand. The other hand is that relationships are laced with a and therefore, that is so. If relationships are laced with attack, it would be better for me to be the attacker as opposed to me being the attacked. And so, they've been so used to being attacked that actually that's a horrible place to be in as a child. So, they grow up learning that the only way that they can dominate, the only way that they can be present, the only way that they get attention, because that's what their parents showed them, is to attack. So the only way that this child pays attention to their parent is when their parent tap them or is when their parent criticizes them. So they get programmed to learning that this is how you relate to other people. This is this form of relationship that you create with other people. And so as this individual grows up, their template for a relationship becomes incredibly skewed and they have the basic human need of being loved, of being cared for, of gaining attention, which, by the way, is a basic human need for anybody on this planet. But simultaneously, they don't know how to go about it. They don't know if they can truly be loved just the way that they are. They don't know if they deserve to be loved. They believe that other people will abandon them or will criticize them. That's what they are experiencing historically and that's what they believe that they will experience and so a lot of their relationships as adults mirror this pattern in the sense that when you as an empath let's say you enter a relationship with somebody who's a narcissist what you're met with is you are met with absence because emotionally they're not available physically they may not be available they may 
commit infidelity or they may be distancing themselves away from you or they may be avoiding you they may be really doing whatever it is ignoring you just not being present or on the other hand they are attacking you they are criticizing you they are rejecting you they are judging you they are saying all of these horrible things towards you and none of it is nice what you're experiencing on the receiving end is awful it truly is awful but ultimately when we're in this state we really don't know where we stand neither person knows where they stand truly so let's rewind a little bit and when i use this term of the vulnerable narcissist they end up being the aggressor they don't end up appearing vulnerable at all actually the person as an adult the person that they enter the relationship with that's the person who ends up being vulnerable to their attacks Again, rewinding back, when I say this vulnerable narcissist phrase, people get really angry and really frustrated and they completely reject it because as an adult, the narcissist individual does not appear vulnerable at all. They actually are the aggressor in that moment and they are truly the aggressor in that moment and I'm not disputing that at all. But the origin cause is from a place of vulnerability and is of a place of shame. And so when I've worked with narcissists before or people with narcissistic personality traits before, it can really be incredibly difficult to filter through the layers of the arrogance of the superiority of the putting down of the attack of criticism because they present that to anybody and everybody. They even present that to therapists, to coaches. They, they do that to anybody and everybody who is trying to gain closeness to them. And at the very root cause, when you're really digging in and you're really trying to identify their core, you see this vulnerable child, you see this hurt child that really doesn't know what they're doing. They are latching onto aggression as a form of maintaining relationships as a form of gaining support as a form of maintaining superiority as a form of being the dominant one being more powerful because in their mind equality doesn't exist it can't exist in their mind they cannot share control with somebody else that they have to be in control or they are helpless and so entering an adult relationship they end up taking all of control leaving you helpless I just want to sidestep here and make a really important note that I think would be valuable to you. And it is this. As an empath, a lot of people get absorbed as an empath. The reason why you might get absorbed in a trauma-bonded relationship is because you see that person's vulnerability. The reason why as an empath, you get attracted to individuals who have narcissistic traits. Your subconscious mind detects that that individual in front of you has narcissistic traits. You get attracted to them because of their vulnerable child, because of the innocence that's inside of them. You are never attracted to the abuse. You're never attracted to the punishment. You're never attracted to the criticism. You're never attracted to the harshness of what it is that they're presenting you with but the thing that you are attracted to is their vulnerable side 
And I really want you to pause and really consider this because again, what I say, the vulnerable narcissist, people really don't like it. But actually, if you've been in a trauma bond, you have seen their vulnerable side. And that is the thing that has latched you onto them. You may be seeing the superiority that they're really grandiose, that they show themselves as being better than, that they're putting themselves up on a pedestal. They expect you to put them upon a pedestal. You'd see all of those traits. But, and, and those aren't necessarily the traits that you are attracted to. They're not necessarily the traits that you love about them. What you're attracted to is that in the first part of the relationship, the first moments of the relationship, when they were open enough to let you have a little peek in, to let you see what was behind their door, they showed you an element of their vulnerability. They showed you an element of their fragility. Not a lot, but they showed you something. They showed you that they were hurt in the past. They showed you that they wanted love, that they craved love, that they wanted attention, that they never got that as a child, that they never got that in previous relationships. And that is their vulnerability that they're presenting you with. And so as an empath, you forget about them presenting themselves as being superior, as grandiose, as being aggressive, as being more controlling, as being domineering. But actually the bit that you're attracted to is the vulnerable side that they presented you with. And it makes sense because who wouldn't be attracted to someone who says that they're hurting? As an empath, you are programmed to support other people. You're programmed to want to help other people, to care for other people. And so when you're met with somebody, despite having narcissistic tendencies, despite the superiority, despite their controlling nature, you also see this other layer to them, this other layer to them that is vulnerable, that is fragile, and that just wants to be loved, and that just wants to be cared for, that just wants attention. And as an empath, that really draws you into that individual. When people get really angry and really frustrated with this idea of the vulnerable narcissist, and they really don't want to be attracted to narcissists, they actually label narcissistic individuals as horrible, as aggressive, as attacking, as this and this. By the way, I'm not condoning any of those hurtful behaviours at all. They are really hurtful and they're damaging. They're not healthy for any relationship. But I really want you to pause and really think as an empath, the reason why you got attracted to this individual and got absorbed with this individual, and if you don't heal this stuff now, chances are you're going to get attracted to more and more individuals who have similar tendencies, similar traits, being controlling, being aggressive, being very withdrawing, being avoidant, is that you weren't attracted to their aggressiveness. You weren't attracted to their punishment to their criticism to their judgment what you were attracted to and what hooks you on and what maintains you within that relationship wanting to remain with them despite the anger despite the aggression is the fact that you see this vulnerable side to them that's what you're looking for and that's what you're wanting that's the bit that you have a lot of caring compassion for and so you see person as being vulnerable you don't necessarily see the narcissistic tendencies, or, or you might do to some extent, but you, it's easy to minimize those traits. What is the part that is looking to be cared for, is that is looking to be loved, that's looking to have attention? 
And you as an empath, you are willing to provide it. You're wanting to provide it because you also see the hurt and you know what it's like to be hurt. And you call upon yourself to rescue this individual in the hope that things will get better, in the hope that they will see what it is that you're doing for them, in the hope that they will provide you with so much love and affection in return. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And if you ever want to reach out, please feel free. You where to find me. I'm on Instagram at dr.sarahsawi, or you can find me on my website, healtraumabonding.com. I also have a program that is open for you, which is a six-month program, and I am currently taking on people for one-to-one work. Again, if you're interested, get in touch. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do me two favours. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and rate this podcast so that other people can find support and life-changing information. Until next time, take care.